Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm going to really try to get a positive episode about the Miami Heat out today because the Miami Heat are 2-0 since the last episode. So what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat, brought to you by the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. And if you remember, I was really down bad, uh, to put it lightly, after uh, when during the recording of the last episode because that's when Jimmy Butler scored 38 points and the Miami Heat lost in over lost. They got killed in overtime to the Orlando Magic. But we're going too far into the negative side, man. Let's talk about the positives. That's why I had to hurry up and get this episode out to y'all. <laughs> I'm recording this on Thursday, the day after the Miami Heat dominated the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant. Uh, and I'll probably be uploading this on Friday, so maybe y'all listen to it then. Uh, and I had to get this episode up because for all I know, the Heat could lose by 1,000 points to the Chicago Bulls on Saturday, and this will have a completely different tone. But let's try to stay positive today, man. I want to talk about the two games from this past week in which the Miami Heat won. First against the Utah Jazz. Thought it was a bad sign. Jimmy Butler, his hair started unraveling. I thought it was a symbol for this team, but not. The Heat stayed together. Uh, other than that, I, I wrote his name or the Fakekio guy. Uh, random scrub, Heat Killer, Hall of Fame, first ballot. Y'all know who I'm talking about. The, the random bum on Utah who had 20 points in the first half killed Miami. But Miami was able to stay through uh, and even win a close game in the fourth quarter, although the Utah Jazz had three seven-footers out there, which scared the life out of me. I'm not going to lie to you. Even though one of them was Kelly Olenek, who, who I think sucks. I think he's a bum. But they do got Walker Kessler, who's a beast defensively, and Lowry Markkinen, who's just a beast all over the place. But luckily, the Miami Heat were able to pull out that close game and get a win. And then we played the next game versus the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not going to lie to y'all. With John Moran out, I was worried. Uh, that team's been hooping without John Moran. And if y'all remember, it was last year. They beat the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder without John Morant by 73 points. I was looking for that record to get broken against the Heat. But no, the Heat prevail. And not only do they win, they dominate that team. One of the very few blowout wins this year for the Miami Heat. I feel like you could probably count it on one hand. I don't remember any of the other ones, but I'm sure they must have had a couple. Uh, a couple things about that game. Uh, really, everybody played well. You saw your four best players or your four highest paid players in Jimmy, Bam, Tyler, and Lowry. They all played pretty well. And that's what happens when your four main guys play well. We saw that, to my knowledge, to my memory, we only saw that one other time this year. And it was that second game in Boston where Miami Heat got a win. But that's what happens when your four uh, great players play good. They won a tough game in Boston versus a great team, and they dominated a team yesterday that's missing a lot of guys, and they, they should beat handily, and they did. Unfortunately for this Heat team, getting their four best players to have great games on the same night has been a major struggle this year. But hey, they got it done by Memphis. Uh, hopefully they can do it again sometime. Uh, and if you want a miracle, hopefully they can do it with some consistency. Not trying to give this team any backhanded compliments, but it, it's just annoying. Uh, it's unfortunate that you can't see, uh, there's not very many games where Jimmy and Bam both dominate at the same time. Uh, I saw a very interesting TikTok today where it basically was a graph of players, uh, shot selection with regards to distance and the efficiency in which they make it. So basically on the Y column, you had field goal percentage and on the X column, you had distance from the hoop and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo had nearly identical shot profiles, which makes sense. Think about it. Both guys 
very, very effective at the rim and very, very effective at the mid-range spot. And as you start to go closer to the three-point line, that efficiency drops way down. Is that a concern? Maybe. The fact that your two best players need to be in the same spots on the court, I guess. Uh, but we've been known spacing is an issue, and that's why this team has been so mediocre because all your other spacers, I'm looking at you, Max Truce and Duncan Robinson, have not been great this year. But anyways, that's a, that's a whole different topic for another negative episode we'll talk, to, we'll talk about after another loss because this team won this week. So we want to we wanna try to keep it positive because we're not going to get many weeks uh, <laughs> with two weeks left in the regular season and potentially two weeks left in the entire season because this team is very nearly locked into a playing spot. They are two back of six, uh, which is the Brooklyn Nets right now. Uh, and I think that's going to be difficult to catch just because the Brooklyn Nets have been playing so solid of late. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, which is respectable uh, because a lot of people thought they'd fall off after trading Kevin Durant and that other bum. Uh, but no, they've hanged tight. Mikel Bridges has been hooping. Cam Johnson been solid. Uh, they got some other pieces on that team that are playing nice. I don't think the way Miami's playing and the way Brooklyn's playing, uh, they'll be able to catch them. Uh, and I do, it, it is looking like Miami will be locked into the playoff spot, probably or playing spot, probably locked in at seven because they are three up of Atlanta, which is eight, and they are five up of number 10 in Washington. So they're pretty much guaranteed to be locked into that playing spot uh, unless the wheels fall off, they fall completely out. Or they get hot, and all they got to do is catch a, a two games behind Brooklyn and make number six, which would be best-case scenario because you would play the uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, I believe, which I think does give Miami the best chance to win in the first round if we're talking Eastern Conference teams because, uh, obviously, they, they wouldn't play the West so they get to the finals. Uh, the team that scares me the most is probably Cleveland. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I don't know if that's a hot take because, obviously, you got Boston and Milwaukee, which are favorites to maybe win it all. But that Cleveland team is nice. That team is big. I don't care if we beat them a couple times this year. That team scares me. But either way, the Miami Heat can't catch the Knicks at five, and, and Cleveland's pretty much locked in at four. So, but what I do want to spend the majority of this podcast talking about is the Heat's play-in slash playoff rotation. Who are they going to get to? Because we saw a very interesting development in that game versus Memphis that made me question. We saw a total of zero minutes and zero seconds for one Victor Oladipo. Now, I first thought you might be thinking, okay, Spolstra might want to give Depot a rest day. Uh, he's played a lot recently. He's, he's been able to stay healthy for some time now. Maybe he wants to give him some rest so he's ready to go for the rest of this regular season push and going into the playoffs. Uh, I put some validity to that because Depot has been struggling of late, uh, especially shooting-wise. Uh, he's had a couple games here and there, but overall he's been uh, pretty terrible. <laughs> He's been pretty terrible. Uh, so I could see Spo saying, go take some rest, go get your legs back under you, uh, and you know, fix, fix whatever you got going on. The reason though that I'm not quite sure that's the case is because the Heat actually have two days off before their next game. That game was on Wednesday. They have today of, of this recording off, which is Thursday. They don't play Friday either, uh, and they don't play again until Saturday. So it's a longer break than usual. Usually they play every other day. This time you got two days off. So if Spo was going to give Depot a rest, I would think it would either be Saturday or Sunday because they do have a back-to-back, Chicago and then Detroit Saturday, Sunday. So just the timing of it was a little weird to me. So now I'm starting to think that, okay, maybe it's just Spolstra taking these last two weeks of the season, I think there's 11 games left, and wanting to solidify his playoff rotation, solidify what works, what doesn't, and see what guys he wants. Now, I would say that maybe in the first round of the playoffs, maybe he'd want to do like a, a nine-man rotation. 
but first, before they get to the first round, they're going to be in this playing tournament, which is if they stay at seven, they just got to win one game. They got to win one or two. Uh, if they win the first one, they're in. Uh, I don't see Spolstra going that much more than than nine deep as I get a notification that Furman University uh, beat Virginia, which is frustrating to me, but I'll get to later, even though nobody cares about my bracket. Uh, but as I silence my phone, let's get back to the Miami Heat, which Spolstra, I think, will only want to play eight guys in that playing round. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is an entire discussion of its own which is what I was saying I want to make the topic of this pod because it is near an impossible decision for Spo to do. Now, in years past, this team had a lot of depth uh, and it was a good problem to have. Oh, who's Spo going to cut from the rotation? Uh, this year is quite the opposite. They have a bunch of guys that are not very, not, not very good, uh, but you got to play some of them. So which ones do you cut? Well, let's start with the starting lineup, who I think he's going to start in the playoffs. To me, you got three locks. I'd say that no matter what, they're going to start every game. Of course, that's Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Bam and Bow. Now, just to quickly break down all those guys, because I think we know what we're going to get. Jimmy Butler is called Playoff Jimmy for a reason. He's going to dominate. We saw him very clearly uh, turn, turn, turn up the gears a little bit these last couple weeks, and he's been awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing Playoff Jimmy because he is always amazing. Now, if this team gets down 3-0, maybe he gives up. Maybe the whole team gives up. It could be ugly like it was in 2021 when they got swept with the, versus the Bucks. But either way, I expect a very, very strong playoff series from Jimmy. Bam Adebayo, he's not as surefire what you're going to get from him because since the All-Star break, he hasn't been great. The aggressiveness has slowed down a little bit, although he did play phenomenal in their last game versus Memphis. Uh, but overall... I think I'm at the point with Bam that regardless of what happens the rest of the season, I'm ready to say that he took a clear jump this season. Uh, so I do expect great things from him come playoff time. You're always going to get the defense, uh, even though he seemed like he hasn't cared at points, but he'll care in the play-in. He'll, be, he'll show he's the best defender in the league, uh, and hopefully he continues to stay aggressive like he has been majority of this season, and I think that will prove to be really well for him. Then you got Tyler Hero, who will start no matter what. He's been starting all year. He obviously has struggled in the last few playoffs. It seems like anytime you put a guy who's athletic or quick on him, he struggles, uh, particularly in the first round versus DeLon Wright last year. And then you saw Tyrese Maxey on him. I guess the, the list really goes, goes on and on. Uh, he struggled in the playoffs. This is a huge, huge playoffs for Tyler Hero because his uh, regular season has been wishy-washy, to say the least. Uh, he's had some ups. He's had some downs. Most recently, they've been downs. He's been very inefficient. But... We've seen what he's capable of. He's had some really big games. He's had some really big games in the playoffs, particularly in the bubble, which I don't like all the bubble boy talk because he was good all year that season, his rookie season. Uh, but it's a big playoffs because he was not good in the playoffs last year, nor was he the year before. And if you want to be a big money guy, and they gave him the max extension, which kicks in next year, if he wants to prove he's worth it, he has to do it in the playoffs. And I'm talking 20 points a game with efficiency. I'm talking not getting locked up by little dudes on the other team. I'm talking taking big shots, making big shots, getting to the free throw line, not getting cooked on defense by bums. That's what I'm talking about. So I really want to see that from Tyler Hero come playoffs. Will he do it? Sure. Let's, let's be positive. It's the positive episode. Sure. I think, I think Tyler Hero will do it. Uh, but that remains to be seen. Either way, those three guys are going to start. At the power forward spot, the reason I did not put Kevin Love as a lock is because if things go south, I could see Spo going back to Caleb Marin because he's been phenomenal coming off the bench and as a starter this season. Kevin Love has been kind of mid, 
The defense has sucked. The shooting uh, struggles have continued. But he can rebound. He can rebound. I think that's part of the reason that Spo will continue to start him. I think that's the reason Spo started him in the first place. And at least he's big. Even if he does get cooked on defense, he's big, which allows him to get rebounds. So he will probably start. And in the playoffs, I think, or play in, I think he'll continue to uh, get 20, 25 minutes a game, get some rebounds, and just be big for those 20 minutes. So I will put him in my predictions to be in the playoffs. And I'm going to keep the starting lineup the same that they've been running. And I'm going to say Gabe Vincent is also going to start the play-in slash playoff game. Reason being, uh, I think Lowry's healthy now. <laughs> I think he's been healthy. I think a lot of the reasons he, he, set, he missed so much time of the last month is for more of personal reasons with the Heat. Obviously, they wanted to trade him and things seemed kind of icy. Uh, but now those things have kind of cleared over. And we've heard he's willing to do what it takes to win. And I think Spolstra is ready to transition into the next phase, which is Kyle Lowry coming off the bench and kind of manning that second unit, which, hey, Lowry has been okay. He's been okay coming off the bench. How's that for a positive uh, episode? Me talking some nice things about Kyle Lowry now. Seems like every game since he's came off the bench, he's been like a minus 10, minus 15. Uh, but other than that, he, he seemed to have gone well. Uh, he was a plus versus Memphis, though. He was like a plus 10, plus 11, whatever, which was good. That was nice. Uh but uh, either way, I think Gabe Vince is going to continue to start because come come playoffs, defense is critical. I mean, offense is critical too, obviously. But Lowry's not giving you either one of those. And I think the only one of those two guys that would start would be Lowry or Gabe. Uh, so because Gabe at least gives you the defense, I think he'll start. His shot has been hit or miss, uh, but he's certainly a guy that's capable. Uh, and I think he's an asset out there. And for that reason, I think he'll continue to start especially since right now they are slated to play the Atlanta Hawks in the playing game, uh, and Gabe Vincent owns that team, as does Caleb Martin. But specifically Gabe Vincent, because he put that boy Trey Young in hell game after game after game. So I think Gabe Vincent is going to continue to start, and Spolster is going to use these next couple weeks to keep Lowry off the bench, get adjusted to that role, and I think that's what we're going to see going forward into the playing. So that's a perfect transition to, okay, now who's going to come off the bench? So... I think Spoh is going to cap it at eight guys, as I said before. We might see nine, maybe ten, with the ninth and tenth guys getting very, very minimal minutes. But let's just say it's eight to be safe, because if they somehow miraculously made a deep playoff run, I think he would keep it at eight anyways. So that means you have three guys come off the bench. That's tough, because here's the list of guys he could choose from. I'm going to name the realistic options. I'm not going to name Udonis Haslam or... Oh, I guess he's the only one that Spo probably would, would never play. But the list of bench guys they have available, you got Max Struess, Omer Yurtsevin, Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry, Hayward Highsmith, Duncan Robinson, and Victor Oladipo. So that's seven guys of which he can choose three, in my opinion. He's going to choose three. The only lock, well, I got, oh, and uh, Cody Zeller. That would be eight. He's not on the roster because he's hurt, but he will be back. He just has a broken nose which I'm sure is painful, but I assume he will be back within the next couple weeks, uh, probably with a mask, uh, which will not be a good look for him, nor is it for anybody but LeBron. Anyways, that's eight guys, spoke and choose three. I have two locks, in my opinion, in this group. The first lock, or I guess three locks. Well, wait a minute. That kind of does it right there. <laughs> See, every time I think there's a lock, it makes me question it because I feel like all these guys have a reason to play uh, because they all provide something different, even though none of them have been great this year. Uh, but I'll go with an order of confidence in which I'm sure they play. Number one, 
Caleb Martin. He's without a doubt going to be the main guy coming off the bench because like I've been saying all year uh, and even earlier this episode, he's been awesome. Defensively fantastic. Shooting the ball at a high clip from the three-point line. Takes great shots. Hits the open uh, corner three beautifully. Uh, runs the transition well. Very athletic. He does a little bit of everything out there. Uh, and he's awesome. He, he, I think when this season's all said and done, I'm going to look back at it and say I was very happy with three players this year. That'd be Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Caleb Martin. He's been awesome. He's going to come off the bench. The guy that I'm second most confident will play is actually Cody Zeller because you're going to need a backup big. I don't think you can solely rely on Kevin Love and Bam Adebayo to be your bigs. Uh, and your only other options that for big men there are Adonis Haslam, who's not going to play. Love the man, though, but he's not going to play. Hayward Highsmith as a quote-unquote big. And then you got Omer Yurtsevin and Cody Zeller. Now, Yurtsevin just came back a couple games ago, so he's certainly working on getting himself back into playing shape. But what is playing shape for Omer Yurtsevin? He was slow as hell last year when he was healthy, and he's even slower this year now that he's got one ankle. Uh, and he, I doubt he'll be 100% come playoff time. Now, we have seen him get... Uh, some playing time, especially since Cody Zeller's been out. He only played seven minutes last game with Zeller out, uh, and he's looked terrible. <laughs> part of the reason being is he had three fouls in less than three minutes, uh, partly because he's slow, partly because he's injured, mostly because he's slow, though. Uh, and I don't think there's any chance Omer Yurtsevin plays come playoff time. Not this season. Maybe next season you can see uh, the, the, him be the real backup big I think this Heat team expected him to be. But for now... It's going to be Cody Zeller. They need a backup big. I'm certain that Cody Zeller is going to get run uh, and be a real part of the rotation come playoff time. So that's seven guys right there. The starters and then Caleb Martin, Cody Zeller. So who's the last spot going to go to? Probably Kyle Lowry. They're paying him too much money to not play. Not that contracts have ever stopped Spo from playing guys in the past, but he's still Kyle Lowry. Uh, he's been the main bench piece over the last couple games since coming back. And like I said earlier, he's played well. And I think he will be that final spot come playing time, uh, which now that gives you a bench of a backup guard, backup wing player, and a backup big. That's kind of really all you need there. So you got the size, you got some shooting with Lowry and Caleb, you got some defense with Caleb, and then you got someone who can kind of handle the ball, run offense and Kyle Lowry, at least theoretically that that's what he's supposed to do. <laughs> I mean, he, he's been doing okay lately. So those are the three guys that I think is going to play. But now I look at it, well, I didn't mention Max Struess, a guy that's playing all year, substantial minutes all year, and he would be the only true, true floor spacer off the bench, really the only shooter shooter uh, on the roster outside of Tyler Hero uh, and, of course, Duncan Robinson, who's not going to play. There's no Duncan Robinson is not playing. There's, there's not a question about that. Uh, so now do you not play Max Struess, a guy who had some moments in the playoffs last year, not only shooting the ball, but defensively he highly stepped up towards the end of the season? I don't think he'll play. I think at the beginning of the season, that was definitely the plan, but he's been so poor this year shooting the ball. He is supposed to be a shooter shooting 33% in a contract year, which sucks for him because nobody's going to want to pay him after that. And because of that, I don't think he plays. Uh, I think that's a tough decision because he's a guy that got a lot of experience last year, but unfortunately, uh, he hasn't been good enough this year and he's not, he's not deserving to play. That's just the quite honest truth. Uh, outside of him, you got Highsmith, who I think is also a bum. He's not going to play. Uh, we talked about Duncan. We talked about UD. And then that leaves the most interesting name, Victor Oladipo, who, as we discussed earlier, already started to get pushed out of the rotation. Now, was it pushed out of the rotation? We'll see come Saturday. 
Because if he doesn't play again, it's no longer a coincidence. It's starting to become a pattern. Uh, interesting to me. Victor Oladipo, when coming back this year after he got some games under his belt to get to get warm, uh, I started to look at, he, he was playing well, and I started to look at as a guy that could put this team to a next level. Not, not the next level, not contention, but to the next level. Because he can do everything. He can get to the rim, can shoot a little bit, and he's obviously a great, great defender. But over the last month and a half, two months, he's been terrible. <laughs> uh, he's slowed down a lot. The shooting has gone completely away. The defense has been there. Uh, but he hasn't been great. Uh, well, you already got some defense with Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin's also an, a better offensive player at this point. That's just the truth. I don't think the role is there for Victor Oladipo to come playoff time, which is a crazy thing to say because he's Victor Oladipo. He's a former all-star. He's a guy that, even at 60% of his best, is, a, is an amazing guy. Is a guy that every playoff team would want to have because he is a two-way player. And just like I said with Gabe Vincent, you want defense come playoffs. Victor Oladipo gives that to you, but unfortunately, he's been so much worse on the offensive end than Gabe Vincent, than Caleb Martin, that I'm not sure the role is cut out for him, which is unfortunate because he was a guy, like I said, I was looking at as a guy that can, you know, if he can get to 70% of his prime, that's an awesome piece to have on your bench or not, potentially even starting. People were calling for him to start when Kyle Lowry, you know, started going downhill, but he fell off a cliff. I don't know why. I don't know how. I'm praying he could turn it around within these next two weeks because if he can play the at the best he was even earlier this season, this is a different Heat team. It really is a different Heat team. Uh, Victor Oladipo struggled in the playoffs offensively last year, but he was a menace on the defensive end and was part of the reason we went to seven games versus Boston because he put Jalen Brown in jail. But I'm not sure he plays this year. I'm just, I'm just not sure. Anyways, that's my thoughts on the rotation. I'll be interesting to see if Spo goes with a similar lineup in the next game versus the Chicago Bulls tomorrow. Uh, other than that, we got March Madness starting today. Uh, the unfortunate news I had is in my championship game, I had Kansas. Of course, shout out my boy Rio, who will be back on this pod. I do promise y'all, he's doing good. We've been texting. Uh, he's doing all kinds of hits you know, across the nation because Kansas is the number one seed now, so everyone wants to have him on. Uh, so he's doing his thing over there. And when March Madness is over, we'll get him back on this podcast to talk all about it. So, of course, I got Kansas. And then I have Virginia. I don't know why I had Virginia. I know they're a good basketball school. I saw they were number four seed. So I'm like, it's, I'm like, it's not too low. And they lost in the first round off one of the worst turnovers I've ever seen that led to a three for a school called Foreman, Foreman, whatever the hell it's called, that I never heard of. So my whole bracket's busted. Nobody cares. Uh whatever <laughs> it is what it is that's why it's called march madness baby uh but i do of course i got my hurricanes hoodie on shout out to my hurricanes they play tomorrow versus drake uh should be an exciting game i think nor norchad omir or i'm sorry i forget his, what, how to pronounce his name uh it's looking like he may be back and if he is back uh this team has some talent to go on a run and i never bet against coach l so i'm looking forward to it baby uh and also my men's league team uh that won last week we're on a bye week we already got a bye week there's a few weeks off this is one of them so no updates there uh, but I'll be sure to keep y'all updated every week to see how to see how things are going with the league. And I'll drop a hoop mixtape at the end of the year if y'all want to see some some highlights of mine. Even though I had a, I had a terrible first game, but but it's it's all good. It's it's so relevant. We won. I care more about winning. I'm I'm like Jimmy Butler. I don't care if I score. I just want to win. Uh, I did have like two air balls though. I got to stop that. Anyways, 
that's all I got, man. Make sure to leave y'all comments if you uh what you think the heat rotation is gonna be. We on YouTube with Anth- at Anthony Denard. We on Spotify, Apple Pod is always the audio side. Uh, you could always tweet me your thoughts at, at Anthony D underscore Heat. But that's all I got for y'all today. I'll see you next. Look, pull up in the city trying to get that dead fast sight. Do it on my own. I don't need no dead weight. Had to kill them off. Yeah, I need a head space. You know this home. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.